So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. Love Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rick O'Shields, and, of course, I have right here with me, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. oh, hi. oh wait. hi. Oh, hi. Hey. How, How are you? I'm, I'm good. good. How are you? <laughs> ah, we have a exciting show for you tonight with some exciting information about some wonderful things that are going on. Um, of course, at the beginning of the show, we always like to give a shout out to our friends over at Inner Child. Actually, we, friends. we call them family. Um, well, that's that's why we call them family because then they have to put up with it, right? Uh, oh no, not really. Um, but just an awesome group of folks, and uh, we hope you'll visit them at innerchild.ning.com. Um, and when you're there. Click and check out the uh, uh, poetry contest that has just recently opened. Uh, got till the end of the year to get your submissions in, and three, count them, three lucky winners will get a publishing contract. Uh, you'll, you'll actually end up with a physical book in your hand of your poetry, and uh, and you'll get to come on the radio and talk with Gene and I, which I think fun. is the best gift that they have in the prize pack, but you, you also get to go on the radio and talk to a whole lot of other people on a lot of the radio shows, and um, it's going to be a, a, a fantastic value and package for whoever uh, uh, pulls those three, and, and everybody's going to get published um, in an anthology of the poems from the contest, so um, what an opportunity for the poets. We hope you'll uh, you'll check it out as well. So I claim to have an exciting show for you tonight, and I think we do. We're going to talk about the Gaia Center uh, birth. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, one of Jane's favorite topics, Canada. And we're going to do that with Miss Nancy Gose. Nancy, how are you? I'm great, Rick. How are you doing? I'm just wonderful. Enjoying this uh, beautiful, cool, fallish day. Oh, well, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curled up with some hot but, apple um, cider. It always makes it better. I'm down here in the tropics. Not the tropics, but it seems like it sometimes. Oh, so, good. Whereas good I, what is it up there for you, Nikki Jean? Four? Bloody cold is and, all I can say. <laughs> and it's it's 27 down here. Oh. So, uh, some, somewhere in the middle will be a great compromise. That's just exactly where I think would be perfect. And uh, I understand now why Jerry and Esther of Abraham Fane used to drive around the country in that monster bus. They used to follow the weather. Yeah. Yeah. All those meetings they had were just side effects. They were following the weather because they liked the particular weather, just like that. And that's kind of the way I like it. I like Colorado in the summertime. It's, ugh. Oh, I don't know, though. Those Canadian winters, you know, there's a beauty in them. You, you tend to miss them when you're away from it, so I don't know. You do? Yeah. I... <laughs> well, some nice do. frosty some do. frost glistening on the trees in the morning, you there know, the little actually, diamond jewels. They're, it's fantastic. There's actually um, very something very pure and refreshing about the scent of winter. Um, yes. I was talking to a friend 
the other day about that. And this is actually the first year, I have to admit this, and for anybody listening that's, that's an old-time friend of mine or who knows me well, um, big shock, this is the first year that I'm not um, coming at winter from a place of fear. I'm actually looking forward to it, and I am enjoying daily walks in the crisp air. Uh, the colder it gets, the more I'm enjoying going outside, which is really the opposite of what I usually do. But, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying the, the air this year. It's it's clean. It's it's It just smells new, I think, in winter. I, don't, I know that sounds weird because you think of new as being spring, but, I don't know, winter smells so clean. Clean? Clean. New, clean, clean, empty, fresh, yeah. Fresh, uh, blank slate. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it really does to me, particularly like on a morning, uh, sort of up before others, you've had a fresh, pretty healthy snow during the night. And the way that snow on the trees and everything, it just, it, it's it, it like it absorbs the sound. It's like being in a radio studio or something. It, it, and, and so there's almost like not even any sound. It's just a total blank, white, page on which for Gaia to paint her summer masterpiece all spring long. Did I say that? (laughs) Uh, I have not always lived in Houston, mostly, but, you know, uh, I used to be a real expert at making snow ice cream when I was about five. You know, you got to get the... Take the spoon and scoop the snow so you don't touch the handrail of the porch just to get the snow... Little okay, food now, coloring, little uh, vanilla, little yeah, yeah. Something you really, really need to experience if you've never had the opportunity. Um, now, if you're if you're Canadian, chances are pretty good that you've tried this at one point in your life, especially if you're Ontario, Quebec, BC, Alberta. Um, snow cones with maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking. Yeah, that's baby, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. That's right. Snow cones with maple yeah. syrup. Um, just go out and get some fresh fallen snow. Pour some nicely, um, freshly cooked up maple syrup on top of that, and just oh wow, you eat. just eat it. Yeah. There's nothing oh, wow. quite like it. Yeah. I have to think about that. Actually, they serve it. Um, the upper class um, catering companies serve that as a delicacy in the wintertime at Christmas parties. Um, a local delicacy. Well, sure it is. Yeah. Um, maple syrup poured over poured over fresh snow, which is awesome. But now that we're done talking about the snow, yeah. it's not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. not time for snow yet. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Nancy, because we usually go... Um, I, <laughs> we usually we usually go ahead and ask our guests who who the hell are you and what do you do? Um so who are you, Nancy, and what do you do? <laughs> oh, you know, very good question. And you know, isn't that something we're always asking ourselves and when people ask us we just go blank. We're like, Well, who am I? I don't know. You tell me. But no, it's I'm an evolving soul, learning and breathing and growing and expanding every day. Had my share of ups and downs and life lessons, but I'm I'm still learning. I'm still growing and, um, for the most part, really enjoying it. Although I do have a tanty now and again. <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, I'm I'm a woman. You know, I I think I describe myself as a woman of adventure, a woman. Um, who likes challenges, you know, I like the, the excitement of life, of um, being pushed to, to limits of growing beyond who I think I am. Um, yeah, that about sums it up. That's got to be, I don't know, Rick, do you think we can cut a video out of that one? <laughs> that we probably could. That's got to be one of the better answers that we've had <laughs> to that question. That's awesome. Um, okay, so, 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 that was the expansive version. Um, yeah. Practical, Nancy, practical everyday life version. Practical everyday life version. Nancy Ghost is an author. Um, who yeah. Goss, writes, actually. Pardon? Goss. My, my last name, Goss. Goss? Goss. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I'm horrible with... That's, um, I can write, of, yeah. but I can't read at all. That's part of the, that's part of the excitement for me, you know... 
people mispronouncing names and in it's a reflection of different cultures and different um ways of perceiving things in our world and i i to me it's just it expresses a side of things like when you ask me who who am i mm-hmm. you know it depends on given day that's <laughs> it depends true on, it depends on who's looking and who's asking and who's you know and we look in the mirror we don't know who we are and we look different every time so yeah so it's okay but yeah it for, for practical everyday purpose it's goth nancy goth is an author um and you also volunteer at um, a canadian organization called the Gaia center yes i do okay awesome so now we've got something really exciting coming up um at the Gaia center so let's Let's talk about that first, and then we'll get into your work um, as an author a little later in the show. Um, Could you, first of all, explain to us a little bit about what the Gaia Center is, what it represents? and um, Yeah, I'll, um, I'm still fairly new to Gaia Center, um, so I'm, I'm sure there are many, like the executive director who established Gaia Center a number of years ago, is just such an amazing speaker. Like she could really paint fabulous pictures about Gaia Center, but I'll do my best. Um, Gaia Center is a nonprofit organization that is focused on eco spirituality and sustainable work. And our mission basically is sustainability through a new spirituality of life and work. So, in a nutshell, what we do is work with the ever-evolving world around us in relationship with nature. So we look for ways of supporting our life work through nature's means and a co-creative, you know, ever-evolving, ever-unfolding relationship with nature that allows us to look at our strengths and our skills and our passions and our purpose in life in co-creation with the evolution of humanity and of society and of the planet Earth. I think Carol Kilby would um, would be very impressed with that explanation. That's that's my sort of nutshell explanation. Um, Gaia Center for me is sort of the the tangible manifestation of ideas and concepts that I've been really passionately drawn toward for a long time. And when I started to evolve into my spiritual being, all these concepts started coming to me and I sort of, you know, synchronistically, not so coincidentally, stumbled across Gaia Center. And to me, it was the perfect expression of all of those concepts together in an actual form. So it's uh, Gaia Center is more of a uh, conceptual relationship, you know, community building as opposed to an actual destination. We do have a retreat uh, space that we offer to groups or individuals looking to explore, you know, the, the meaning in their work and their spiritual life. But we also do conferences and offerings through teachings and workshops and gatherings, discussions. And we're always growing and learning together, so it's uh, it's a constant evolution. Sounds like it's a, a very practical um, approach to the concepts of unity with each other, unity with the world in which we live. Absolutely. You know, we, we're... We stay focused in, you know, some of the practical matters of what it takes to run an organization, but... We're also very alert and aware of, you know, the, the um, gifts that come our way and, you know, the gifts of humanity and the gifts of individuals that bring new ideas and new passions. So there's, you know, there's a fluidness to our work as well. And, you know, Gaia, you know, Mother Earth is constantly evolving. So in tune with that, our work is constantly evolving. So now you said you said that you um you offer the space for conferences and um you hold talks and you've got something really exciting coming up. Yes, very soon. Yes, we do. 
And part of the beauty of, you know, the, the relationships that we build with community partners is that uh, we have places like in Toronto, we have a huge network of connections and people sharing the vision that come together and create conferences like this one coming up is uh, Birth Toronto 2012. We are hosting uh, Barbara Marks Hubbard, and we're bringing her in from the U.S., and Barbara Marks Hubbard is a futurist, and she's very renowned for her work on conscious co-creation and synergistic convergence. And essentially, synergistic convergence is a way of bringing together various sectors of communities like education, um, spirituality, justice, governance, um, relations, uh, all of those sectors in society converging in a way of accentuating the gifts that we have to offer to each other and finding a way of working together so that we can use our technologies, that we can use our skills and our visions and our ideas in a way that empowers all of us together to move forward in a unity consciousness. So instead of, you know, different sectors of society competing for resources or competing, you know, with different ideas or trying to be better than something else, it's a way of bringing all of us together to say, you know, we've got some real power here so we can converge and find a way of working together harmoniously so that we can build and co-create a new humanity, and as we evolve as human beings, we can evolve in a way that supports nature and supports Mother Gaia and supports a new humanity that emerges. It takes all the pieces to put the puzzle together. Absolutely. They're all, you know, like a, the wheel of co-creation, you know, the, the wheels of the spoke, that the wheel can't move or can't even exist without all of the components working together and supporting each other. Right, right. I've uh, enjoyed some of her work uh, uh, over over time, and I love the way that uh, it's like she talks about how does she say it uh, the evolution of evolution. Yeah. Uh, from unconscious mechanism to a conscious choice, and uh, I love the way that yeah encapsulates it that. You know, maybe there's not really a whole bunch of bad people like, you know, in the world today or or people that we need to find and shoot down, that things have just been allowed to go along and they wound up wherever they wound up. And now we want to consciously steer the ship, so to speak. Well, absolutely. And it's about recognizing that, um, as you said, that it's not about these bad people out there. It's about um, stepping back from the conflict of, you know, trying to figure it all out, but just recognizing that, you know, we're all looking for the same things, that we're all striving to become better, you know, to, to be better human beings, to be a better society, to be, you know, more peaceful, to be able to, you know, support the natural environment around us in a way that is beautiful and harmonious. So we're all looking for that. So it's not about bad people. It's just a way of drawing out all of the good that we share and working together to accentuate that. And, and so the focus is more about what we can do that's good instead of looking at everything we're doing wrong. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now well, you know, you... Sorry, go ahead. No, carry on. I can ask oh, this I, I No, I was just thinking of... Um, I mean, Barbara Marks Hubbard is still, as I said, she's, her work is relatively new to me. But um, I watched this film um, recently of her work, and she talked about moving from ego to essence. That it's it's more that we're you know we're not coming from a place of being driven by our own expectations or our own. Um, thirst for power and control, but we're moving into a place of the essential recognition of knowing that we all are the same underneath the layers of everything that we've created ourselves to be, you know, all the roles we've played, all of the um, layers of the political games that we play, 
that underneath that essence of who we are as humanity is what is moving us forward. So, Jean, Jean, going back to what you were, were about well, that, to ask. Yeah. That actually answers my question because I was just wondering oh, okay. if, you had, if you had met um, Barbara yet. Um, Not yet, but, you know, I'm so excited about this conference coming up because, as, as I said, um, I, personally, I was on a journey of trying to find a way of expressing all these ideas and concepts that has been driving me for the past seven years. And then suddenly I watched this film about this woman that just had so eloquently explains everything that has been in my head, but I couldn't put words to it. And she has a language for this evolving of humanity that is just makes so much sense. And I really look forward to having an opportunity to, you know, sharing that energy and those ideas in a conference with all these like-minded people who, you know, come together and we're, we're all going to be speaking that language. And that's really exciting. It, it sounds really exciting. It sounds like um, like a, a, a meeting of the minds, really. I mean, the, the concepts, the ideas, and the yeah. creative out-of-the-box solutions that are going to be birthed from this. Yes. Absolutely. Collective, conscious, yep. co-creative endeavor is just, mm. I, well, you're going to have to come back and tell us how that went. Yeah. Cause, um, I, you're you're I was, officially deputized as a field reporter. Now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You're hired. Go there okay. um, yeah. and let us know how that goes. And actually, you know, if we can get you back on, bring Carol back on with you. Um, and and we'll, do, we'll do a four-way chat about how oh. that went. I'm sure she'd be thrilled. Uh, Part of the idea of this conference is to be able to walk away from the conference with a transferable model model of transformation. So all of the the idea of the synchronistic convergence is that all of these sector representatives, we all come together, but we walk away with an actual plan that we, you know, we go from – it's like we're building our own template for how the future is going to be created. And that's a pretty exciting prospect. So after this conference, we're going to walk away with all these ideas and, you know, an actual plan of how we can actually make this happen and use our power to create something that's really good in the world. So, of course, we'd be delighted to talk about that more and keep the conversation going and share the message and get more people involved. Absolutely. Well, that's what we do here, you know. <laughs> Everyday connection. It's about connection, connecting uh, people with those ideas. And um, converse, now, conversation. We I, yeah. we never have much of anything to say. It, no, no. 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 Um, lots of silence going but, on here. But I this have a is question. really exciting. Just, just right quick for our listeners and yep. uh, podcast listeners, uh, 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 a quick scrib about Barbara Marks Hubbard. Buckminster Fuller is someone that I've quoted on a number of occasions and Gene and I talk about him I and his quote. I love Bucky. I love him. I love him. I love him. I well, love him. his quote about, you know, you don't fix a broken model. You come up with a new model that takes its place. And uh, Bucky and Barbara knew each other when Bucky was here. And Buckminster Fuller called Barbara Marks Hubbard the best informed human now alive regarding futurism and the foresights it has produced. Yes, and that is a hell of a compliment coming from somebody with a mind like Buck, Buckminster Fuller. Um, the man was a genius. I no, mean, to me, he was right up there with Da Vinci and Plato and and all these amazing creative, um, you know, people driven by thought. Mm-hmm. If, if you know his work, uh, he was so far ahead of his time. Um, so that's that's. Yeah, there's a lot of his work that I th- that that I think didn't catch on. During yeah. this time, because it just it, it was not time yet, really. But and but it, and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of having a conference like this now is that now is the time for those conversations to happen because we're ready for it. And you know, somebody like Barbara Marks Hubbard, who when she was 15 stands in the Oval Office and questions the president, why aren't we building a peace room instead of a war room? She's asking the question, you know, how can we use our power for good? 
And this is what this conference is about. It's an extension of that. And Gaia Center is so thrilled to have Barbara Marks Hubbard coming here because, you know, we ask part of our work is, you know, what is necessary at this time in human history? And Barbara Marks Hubbard is an eloquent speaker to be able to help us put a language to those concepts and ideas and to help us move forward and and grab a hold of the time because the time is now. Oh, very obviously the time is now. I mean, not even there's, – there's no doubt in my mind that there has never been a more opportune time in human history for there to be a massive shift in our chosen direction. Um mm-hmm. It's it's incredible to me to watch what's going on around the world right now with regards to the um, uh, the 99 movement. We are the 99 movement, um, the Occupy movement, whatever you want to call it. Who yep. cares? For me, it is a collective, um, unified uh, outcry of solidarity for unity peace and action and and that to me is one of the most amazing things to be able to bear witness to um okay you know what i miss woodstock i don't care i get to see this it's cool um so of course now's the time now a lot of a lot of the issues surrounding the occupy movement has been well what now what next like Mm -hmm. okay so what we what we're doing is not working so what do we do um it, but it's it's um conventions and the meetings of the minds like this one upcoming um where Barbara's going to be speaking that those solutions are being birthed and and that, you know i i don't want to i don't want to i'm not going to be kind about it i'm going to say for anybody out there listening who thinks that these people who have talked been talking about writing about um working towards creating um a shift in consciousness and and building um building a unified movement if you think these people don't have a plan there there's there's a plan um you know there's a lot of people in place around the world who are they've been doing this all their lives and they're they're all now in the right place at the right time, and they're able to bring that message forward. To me, it's really exciting to have Barbara Barbara coming forward and speaking in Canada. That's cool in Toronto, even cooler because um, that's my birthplace. And um, to be able to see organizations like Gaia Center working towards the solutions for the what now. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And this is actually the second time that Gaia Center has had Barbara Marks Hubbard come to Toronto. And this conference this year is a follow-up from the last year's conference where some ideas were um, percolating, and now the ideas are coming together to create this um, SINCON for Birth Toronto 2012 to help move us forward and to help, you know, put that plan even further along the process so it now, is it's pretty exciting is the guy center the only center that's involved in this in this conference yes yes we we are hosting the event and we're we're flying her in that's awesome so how does somebody get to be a part of this conference like how how would somebody um find you guys and get there to is listen to um, barbara talk it can go online to our website at www.gaiacenter, G-A-I-A-C-E-N-T-R-E dot O-R-G forward slash birth 2012. That is the event webpage, and that will give you all the links to um, a link to Barbara Marks Hubbard's uh, foundation page as well as uh, registration links. Perfect. I've got both the links in the uh, in the chat room for our folks. Okay. And this runs, uh, it's the weekend, eh? The weekend of November 4th and 5th. So there's a Friday evening lecture that people, um, if people aren't able to come to the full conference, there's the option of just coming for the Friday lecture from 7 to 9.30. 
There's the full day conference on Saturday from 9.30 in the morning to 5.30 in the evening. And, of course, you have the option of attending both the Friday and the Saturday as well. Great. And let me see, lunch? Really? All day Saturday? Um, there is there is a lunch included if for those who pre-register, because like anything, you know, we have to order the food to make sure that we have enough provided. So we are providing lunch with people who are registered prior to October 31st. Um, anyone registering past that date, we can't guarantee that we'll be able to provide them lunch because we have to get the order into our um, caterer. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. All the more reason for you folks to click on that link and hustle over there and get registered if you can absolutely. make it. Absolutely. Now, if people are interested in just uh, learning a little bit more about Gaia Center itself, then our website is www.gaiacenter.org. Okay, very cool. Very, very cool. Um, it sucks. I moved to Quebec. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why we can have conversations afterwards to share the exciting news with you and tell you all the great ideas that came from it, and we can go from there. Absolutely. I would love to have um, both you and Carol back. Um, You know, I've spoken to Carol briefly via email, but I've never actually gotten a chance to speak to her in person, and I'd love to uh, get a little more in-depth with her uh, about, you know, yeah. Her her journey with regards to launching Gaia Center and and how that all came about and what her inspiration was to do that and then of course I'd love to love to hear firsthand from you ladies to to talk about you know this experience with having Barbara come and come and share um, her ideas for for a better tomorrow which is woohoo because we love a better tomorrow. Absolutely. Now I'm I'm energetically enthusiastic because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> take pics, please, because you know, um, <laughs> and send them my way. And yes. um, and and can I put in a request? Absolutely. Will you will you hug the mother of consciousness for me? I would be delighted to do tell that. Tell her that tell her that the phoenix sends her love. I will and do that. And um, let her know, you know, she's always welcome over here at EC if she ever wants to come talk to us. <laughs> but definitely. Oh, cool. uh, Barbara? Yeah, absolutely. What? We've actually, I've, I've actually already invited her some time ago. Have you really? It's one of the few big names that I've ever just said, hey, want to be on the show? Wow, usually. Because I would stick my neck way guy. out there for that one. But, yeah, you uh, know, but you know, when it comes down to it, you know, people are people, and Barbara is, you know, as as much as she's revered and well known, she is the outward manifestation of who we all are, and when we admire the work that she does, it's because we recognize the beauty and the extension of our own ideas and our own vision. So when we give her a hug, we're saying, "Hey, I'm hugging me because." What you're showing me about what we're capable of is fantastic. Yeah, definitely, definitely give her a hug for me. Um, yeah, I've, I've I read, will do that. I've read about her work. I've I've read some of her work, and um, just a, an amazingly inspiring, inspiring personality. Yeah. Like, and just so grounded, you know, in the way that she approaches the whole thing. Yeah. It's it's just so. This is how it is, and. Yeah. Y'all need to pay attention to this. <laughs> Absolutely. Basically, it's what she's when saying. When I first, what she's I first told y'all this, we had time to talk about it, but now we got to really come on now. Yeah, we're kind of out of time, kids. Let's go. Okay. She's been at this so, for moving, years. moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving right along. So, yes. um, Nancy, you're Canadian. Yes, I am. And Newfoundland, Newfoundland, first and foremost, Canadian, second. The center is Canadian. Yes. So, you know, excluding the fact that Rick over there is talking about snow from Texas, um, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty Canadian show. Um, yeah. So we're going to 
we're going to, much to the dismay of our listeners, I'm sure, actually, they'll probably enjoy this immensely because they usually do love it when we mix things up. We are going to switch gears completely. Yeah. Or is it completely, actually? Um, because I think Barbara would approve of just being yourself and following your true path. Uh, there was um, there was a talk recently that came out um, by one Rick Mercer, a well-known Canadian shit disturber. Yeah, I'm using the S word on the air. Sorry, shenanigans yes. revealer. Shenanigans caller. Shenanigans caller. Um, Rick we, Mercer. At, at Gaia Center, we like to refer to people as shift disturbers. Shift disturbers. Okay. Well, I would, yeah. I would definitely I would definitely refer to Rick Mercer. Yeah, as shift disturber. Um, on CBC, very well respected um, by me. I know that you also um, very much respect a lot of what he has to say and, and the elegant, outspoken flair with which he says it. Uh, now, his recent rant that has gotten a lot of attention um, was about the responsibilities of adults, especially those in the public, to come out and... Um, stop hiding certain truths from our young people because here we are walking around telling all our kids who some of them may feel that they're a little different, that they're not what the society would consider to be normal. Um, and and here we are telling them that it's okay. It'll be okay. It'll be acceptable. It's It's all right. And yet we're not living that. We're not showing that to them because – Essentially, there's a lot of people out there in the social eye who are hiding their true nature. Mm-hmm. Now, you as an author, and I know myself as an author, I've written about this in my books. You've written about this in your books. And I'm wondering um, if you're willing to talk to me a little bit about this. Um, now, Rick Mercer is an openly out, outed gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, and... and all this was in response to a recent suicide, um, again, in Canada by a young man um, who was gay, who ended up killing himself because of depression, because of non-acceptance from his peers. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm wondering how you feel about that as as an author who blogs about this issue and as an author who's written about it as your books. If you had a, a message to give to our youth right now, what would it be? Oh boy, um, it's hard to sum up into you know a one sentence message, but essentially you know be proud of who you are and don't ever allow yourself to be silenced. The biggest problems in the world come from people staying silent, and it's because of our silence and allowing ourselves to be pushed behind the curtain that oppression is allowed to go on. And when we, you know, flip through magazines and, you know, watch programs and we we see this standard created of, you know, what is acceptable, well, it's up to us to let everyone know what is acceptable because as long as we're staying silent, it's as good as saying that, you know, what is out there is okay, but it isn't. But the more we step forward and being honest and integritous and, very much in our own power, acknowledging who we are and being proud of that, then the more change will occur and the more acceptance will come in. Now, for the kids listening, if y'all are listening, this is coming from a woman who is outed and another woman, that'd be me, and I know I don't talk about it much on the air, um, but I've had relationships with women as well in the past. And I've written about it in all three of my books. So, you know, I don't know where this, I don't even want to talk about where it comes from, this perception that um, that it's evil, it's wrong, it's it's dirty. Um, I, I got I to gotta put it out there and say, honestly, from the heart, guys, love is love. Love is love. And I, I just can't bring myself to care with regards to gender, when it comes to a passionate, committed, caring relationship between two consenting adults, then there is no place 
in our world in this time for judgment as to whether that love is right or wrong. I just can't I would, condone it. And and you know, and it goes even even beyond the idea of extending love. You know, it starts with love for ourselves. And really, it's not about the, the relationship itself. It's about the expression of a truth, of pureness of love. Like, like you said, that love is love. And that when, when we hold that in a place within ourselves, that we know absolutely 100% that there is nothing wrong with us, that there's nothing to be ashamed of, we have love that is to be celebrated and joy to be shared and that that's not something that we want to keep hidden that's something we want to allow the doors to open and allow the air to breathe through that because love is extended by allowing it to breathe and allowing it to shine and it doesn't matter if that love is you know a a boy and a boy a girl and a girl or a boy and a girl or whatever it doesn't matter love is love Love is love, and um, it, it really is an expression of who you are inside, an ability to love, mm-hmm. love regardless of race, color, creed, and yeah. religion. Um, and that, that to me, is, is something that ought to be celebrated when you can go beyond the barriers of what society accepts as the norm and follow your heart and your passion and the voice of your inner being and take that chance then then that's something to be proud of i'm you know something to celebrate i just yay you yeah and i have to say this allowing others and and in particular society which is a nobody it's a (laughs) thing um to set for you uh, standards uh, in any way, whether it be sexuality, uh, your size, your shape, your color, your height, your short, your tall, your all of it, because we we live in a society where uh, girls make themselves sick with anorexia, bulimia to try to be skinny enough, they dye their hair to be blonde enough or brunette enough, whatever it is that they don't have that they think that they need to have to be okay. And it's just not right to live in a society that makes any of those people um, feel like they've been disenfranchised, any person. For any reason, uh, it's just not acceptable. It's it's hard. Um, wow, for for young people to deal with this. Now, I um, I don't know, Nancy. How like was it difficult for you when you? When you first started writing about this, was it difficult to come um, out? We have lost Nancy. We've lost Nancy. For the moment, we have lost Nancy. Oh, bummer, dude. Okay. Sorry, you lost me temporarily, too, and I just got back on. Yeah. Well, I was afraid I'd lost everybody, and then you just started talking. I was like, oh, thank heavens. <clears throat> yeah, here. <laughs> okay, well, um, then I'll, I'll, I'll speak. Um, as to that, then I, it was really difficult for me in high school. Um, really, really difficult for me in high school. And I know that we actually lost, um, we lost a couple of people because of suicide in high school. Um, and one of them was because he was gay and we were in a, we were in a small town country school. Um, and it just, it just wasn't acceptable where we lived. Um, and that's, what, 20 years ago? It, it's got to be hard. It's hard enough to be a teenager. 
You know what I mean? But to be a teenager that um, that has to make a choice between being able to look in the mirror and say that they accepted who they are or to be a teenager who does what's necessary to be accepted by their peers. Um, I can't imagine a more difficult decision at such a tender age when, I mean, the weight of the world really is on your shoulder when you're a teenager. Well, it certainly can seem that way. It it feels uh, that way. It feels that way. Yeah. Um, It did to me. I can't imagine a more difficult a more difficult decision to have to make. Um I was lucky in high school I was already the outcast. Um so it really didn't matter. You know what I mean? Uh it it didn't matter. I was already the outcast. I was already the hippie girl. Um my parents didn't own a farm and they didn't work for the local um the nuclear plant. We didn't have a lot of money. We weren't of the wealthy class. Uh, I hung out with musicians um, and, and you know, all the out-of-the-box thinkers anyways. So, again, it didn't matter. I was already excluded. It, but if I had been in a position where, where, you know, it was the only thing that was different about me, I don't know if I could could have had the courage to come out and just say. You know, instead of that, I was the outspoken pain-in-the-butt teenager who was kissing my girlfriend, you know, on the way into the high school just to see the shock value on people's faces um, because that, to me, was entertaining uh, just because it was so unacceptable, and I really didn't care what they thought you know, the more people I pissed off really at the time, the better it was for me. Uh, but when you're dealing with, with young people who are, are insecure and they're trying to find their way and they're trying to find their path, and then there's this societal judgment on whether or not their actions and their beliefs and their their feelings, the very core of who they are, their feelings, whether those are right and wrong, I I mean, wow, you know, how far off path have we gone that well, that's and, even accepted? Well, and and it has been uh, it has been convenient. And I, I now understand, I'm not pointing the finger at at anyone because most of who I'm going to point the finger at are dead long ago. Uh, they're back now, but uh, there's been some talk during Occupy about the Hegelian dialectic. It's big words. It's big words for the uh, powers that be um, co-opting your protest and turning it into going in their direction. And um, oh, there, that, back. Hi there. Uh, uh, but anyway, that's what has uh, happened for so long is people rise up and we have a problem. And so then they've been handed an easy solution of find the small group, find the little fringe people. Okay, it's their fault. And that way you don't look at your your government or your king or your whoever Um it's the old magic trick of look at my left hand so you don't see what I'm doing with my right. And um, so it's it's just vitally important. I mean, here we have 16-year-old twins on, and we talk to them about how they, you know, good on you for standing up and saying, we're light workers. Well, good on you for standing up and saying, I am who I am, is what we mean. Well, you know, I always found it kind of funny in a way because I people ask me about coming out of the closet. And, you know, I honestly don't feel I was ever really in a true closet. I've always been very comfortable with who I am. And I've, I haven't had any 
extremely negative experiences toward my sexuality. And I think that is in part because I've always been very sure of who I am. And people say to me that they're just amazed, you know, I feel so confident, so comfortable, and there's there's none of this uncomfortableness around the topic, you know, and whether I'm at work or in a social setting or wherever, I'm just, I am who I am. And people respond to that. So I think the more people are able to just be totally okay with who you are and show that part of you, then the more people will embrace that part of you and say, good on you. Welcome aboard. Like, we're glad to see you. Right. And that's you know that's that's an awesome way of looking at it. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not uncomfortable with the topic itself. What I am uncomfortable with, however, is the fact that we have gotten to the point where kids are killing themselves. Yes. Over this. Mm-hmm. Well, and but they're killing themselves why... over so many things. That's why I say this is a much broader. It people, is a much. People yeah. have been squashed about this, that, and the other reason for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And there have been times in societies in written history, much less in the whole history of the planet, but in written history, there have been times where bisexuality, homosexuality were totally accepted. In fact, if you didn't accept them, there was something wrong with you. So people have been squashed on both ends of the deal. Right now in this society, they're getting squashed that you've got to be, you know, heterosexual and you know, in the United States, you should be a young, upwardly mobile professional. You know, right, quite. And if you're not one of the beautiful people, then you're just not. And they've created this over time. And and, and listen, I'm not trying to belittle the the discussion about sexuality and how bad that is, but it's that bad on so many fronts. Mm-hmm. So many places, it's that bad just to be female. You don't even have to have any sexuality. Yeah. And well, hey, I gotta, I gotta argue. We were arguing this tonight too, and I'm sorry, but I gotta bring up here that in today's day and age, it sucks that much to be a guy too. It's yeah. Because I'll tell you what, there's a whole lot of social outpouring of support for women out there. What do guys have? They don't. They just have a whole lot of high expectations that they're supposed to fulfill. We got, we've got three words. Suck it up. And that's not when fair you, either. So you're least, right. There is there is a, a huge imbalance right across society with regards to so many issues. And And again, but that's why it's so important for adults in the public eye, authors, um, artists, musicians journalists, um, politicians, please, if you're out there listening, say something, speak up, policemen, professionals of any shape or form, to speak up and say, I am that which I am. And it does not affect my professionalism. It does not affect my ability to work. It does not affect my ability to, especially in, in, in a position of a journalist, it does not affect my ability to uh, have an unbiased opinion about any one topic. I can do my job. You know, I mean... Well, and the one thing that I can think of that makes it difficult for somebody to do their job is if they're running around hiding themselves and they're in the public eye. Those two don't go together well. (laughs) Hide yourself, public eye. Hmm. Yeah. And, but society's full... That's the thing is we got to play both ends against the middle, you know. Well, and, I, I think and there's no ends. It's a round planet. There's no ends. I, I think in in part it comes down to you know the, the buy-in to a value system as well that there's so much fear in you know society as a whole of not belonging or being out of place or not being good enough that anything that is perceived as not fitting with the value system of this, you know, perception of what's okay, then that's where the division happens. And that's that's where, you know, these walls come up. And that people are not willing to speak up because they're so afraid of falling under the cracks of that division. 
But the more we speak up and the more it becomes the normal, everyday, commonplace for people to say, yeah, I'm lesbian, so what? And then get on with it and not bat an eye. The more that can happen, then the more this won't be an issue anymore. And it's the same for, you know, racism and, you know, immigrants facing challenges coming into a new country or um, people being discriminated against for having conditions like AIDS or disabilities of some form. You know, the, the difference with sexuality is that it's, it's not necessarily something you can tangibly see and touch, but it's just as much of a, um, a barrier of, you know, this huge boulder that you have to move out of the way of your vision to be able to get on with being more of who you are that the the longer society allows those fears to be in place and the harder it's going to be so we just need to be honest with it and like rick mercer you know tell it like it is it, so I mean, what it, call it as it is uh when we've got to move beyond that i mean we started yeah. off the show with barbara marks hubbard talking about who we all are, who we all are, yeah. once you shed the roles that we may be playing at, yeah. at any given moment, and we all play multiple roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you put those aside, who we all are is the same. Absolutely. We, we all, have we no all differences of color or sexuality or gender or anything else. We are all the same. And... So that's why it's important to have these conversations like uh, coming up at the Gaia Center where, you know, we don't want to let the pendulum swing to the other extreme again. We want to try to stop it and hold it in the middle. Mm -hmm. We want to try to let everybody be okay. I've got just as much problem with the laws they're coming up with in France of, of you may not wear a veil. You must take it off. That's just as wrong as you must wear a veil, you must not ever be seen without it. They're both just ends, extremes of the pendulum swing. We need to really get it in the middle um, and, and, and recognize that most, if not all of these things, in my opinion, all of these things are just passing roles, passing, you know, Set really, As I, a soul, I, you would have no more difficulty playing man, woman, black, white, lesbian, gay, transgendered, hetero. You're that good of an actor. It's really, at the end of the day, it's a mute point, like right across the board. It's a mute, bloody point. It's really just about the experience. And when it comes down to it, if you're a human being, you need to eat, you need to sleep, you need water, you need food, you need shelter, you need love, you're capable of hate and every emotion in between, and oh my goodness, can we not just get over the divisions and the titles and all the other crap that that is causing people to lose their sense of unity and self. And can't we just get back to that, just back to the fact that we are all freaking connected to our world, to our planet, to each other to the air, to the moon, to the sun, to the entire universe. We are all connected. If we could just get back to that, then all of this other stuff would just not matter anymore. And that's the world. That's the world I want to give to my daughter. I think, a good way, earlier you asked me, you know, what I would say is a message to anyone listening. And I, I think... Right now, what comes to mind is that, you know, if if we all approach everyone we ever meet in our life and see them as calling for that part of ourselves that is calling to be loved, and we approach them from that place of reaching out in love, then I don't think we would even have to have these kind of conversations anymore because people would just get it and understand that we all just want to be loved, we want to be accepted, and we want to be able to be who we are without judgment. Absolutely. Here, here, and what a spectacular way to get close to the end of the show. Yeah. So, now I've put the Gaia Center's links up into the uh, chat room. 
uh, on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, now we know wh- another reason we have to have you back is because we have to talk about your work. We do, and her book, and, and her experiences. And, and it's a good book, by the way. So we're going to put it on I'm, the website. It'll be on the website, and and I'm putting a, a link into the chat room. But for our podcast listeners and others yep. that, that don't have access, could you tell them uh, where they can find you on the web and find out more about you? <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm pretty easy to find on the web. You just type in my name, and oodles of sites come up. But um, to make it simple, I have um, a blog site, www.nancygoss.com. That would be the easiest way to find me. Easiest way to find you. And after all yep. the discussion about pronunciation, it's <laughs> Nancy, N-A-N-C-Y, and Goss is G-O-S-S-E. Yes. Uh, that is not Goose, and it's not Goss. It's, it's Goss. Goss, because Well, you know, I, I think even with my name, pronunciation is just, you know, symbolic of the transformative journey. That and you go through changes, and, you know, it's all good, because at the end of the day, I'm still who I am. And labels only mean Absolutely. something to the observer. Uh, I live yes. in a city named Houston, Yeah. and it's named after a man named Sam Houston, so we let everybody say Houston, you know, kind of like an H-E-W. However, yeah. it's spelled H-O-U-S, and so in New York City, they have a street named H-O-U-S-T-O-N, and that would be Houston Street. Yeah, and, ketchup, ketchup. Yeah, so tomato, tomato. But <laughs> why don't you just like, call your city Sam? If yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if Sam was alive today, he probably wouldn't be overly sensitive as to whether you called him Houston or Houston, as long as you didn't yeah. call him late for dinner. So yeah, you know, <clears throat> uh, that, that's a, that to me is like the essence of all these labels making differences is tomato, tomato. It really it's get over it, people. Exactly. Yeah, but we're not going to go any farther down that path, or we'll have to okay. change this over to Coffee with Source. And yeah, this is DC, not Coffee with Source. Um, I don't have coffee tonight. I have wine, so let's not go there. Oh, Wine with Source, no. Wine with uh, Source, bad idea. <laughs> Nancy, honestly, from my heart to yours, honey, um, I wish I could see you in person again. It's been a while. I'd like to give you a big hug. I want to say thank you for coming on tonight to talk to us about um, the Gaia Center, about Barbara, and about some of your own experiences. And I can't wait to get you back on to talk about your book because I really enjoyed reading it, and I know that other people will too. Um, uh, well, you know, t- tonight was the highlight of my week, and I really enjoyed the conversation and, you know, just putting it out there. And, yeah, I'm... I, love having opportunities to do just that so thank you both of you it was, it was a pleasure it was great and uh listen everybody be sure and join us next week uh be sure and watch our website between now and next tuesday for more details but uh, your beloved everyday connection is going from 60 minutes to 90 minutes because we're going to begin uh, spotlighting some independent artists so we're going to kick it off by having one of those artists on as our guest Mm-hmm. Uh, Special musical guest on Tuesday night. Yes, Dana Harmon will be with us and uh, talking about his EP that he he put out to support uh, to fight against pre- prescription drug abuse and uh, and the work that he's doing now. This man is just a gifted guitarist. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with that and uh, and then we'll be ninety minutes every Tuesday and Thursday with uh, some musical breaks sprinkled in so that we can uh, um, see if we can't promote some of these independent artists. Because we know you're not sick of us yet. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <sighs> all right, listen, thanks, everybody. Janet, Bill, uh, and Mitch Hughes, who was with us but had to run. Uh, thanks for being in the chat room. And uh, child family. We yes. Love you, we love you. Link at the front of the show. Link at the end of the show. Again, why not? Innerchild.ning.com. That's N-I-N-G. Innerchild.ning.com. Go visit Big Family. It, it's just really friends doesn't get it. So now, thanks, everybody, for being here. And get out there. Get connected. That's the story. Night. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me. 
And be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.